It is Car Con Carne, the world's only food podcast recorded in a car. That car is my Mazda 3. I'm James Van Osdell. And sitting shotgun this week is comedian, commentator, all-around good guy, Felonius Monk. All-around good guy. is the. We can start with that. Yeah, that's me. So we're at Jim's Original on a cold, wet, miserable day in Chicago. Absolutely. Now, to be fair, we were expecting snowmageddon. So it's just cold, wet, and rainy, so this yeah. is fine. It's, 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 it's Chicago. We're yeah, good. exactly. So Jim's Original, this is... I mean, this is like ground zero for the Maxwell, Maxwell Street Polish. This is it. This is the original, dating back to 1943. Hmm. You can eat like a king for not a lot of money here. Yeah, I think I played four bucks. But you're not doing the Polish. <laughs> no, I did a burger first. The Polish comes later. The burger first? Yes. So this I'm a, is. I'm a fat person on the inside. You are? Yeah. For people who haven't seen me, I weigh as much as this microphone soaking wet. And I eat 17 times a day. You're one of those guys with those freaky metabolisms. Absolutely. I hate you. I understand. I've accepted <laughs> You've that. You've come to terms with that? I've accepted most Most people do. So the thing about Jim's, one of those places, they just wrap up the fries with everything else. And mm-hmm. you order a Polish, you get a nice healthy side. and Healthy in terms of size, not in terms of uh, well, dietary. not healthy. Yeah. And uh, I, I guess we just start eating and talking. You know, every time I talk to you, you're a very funny dude, Felonius. It seems that I, I can't even get to, like, the lighthearted stuff. Because every time I talk to you, things just break bad all over the world. And I, I want to go right to that. Mm-hmm. We're here Saturday before Thanksgiving. One week ago, it was an absolute horror show mm. in Paris. S- smart, grown adults are having a hard time getting out from under the covers and heading out into the world each day. Right. It's a frightening place to be in the world. It is a terrifying place. But what I, what I think is interesting is... While we're debating whether or not to let Syrian refugees in, France has already continued letting them in, and the the attacks happened there. So it's it's one of those things where I think from a distance, you know, we're all, oh, the Syrian, they're going to come in and attack. And the truth is, that was our response the night that it happened, even though none of the uh, attackers had were Syrian refugees. They were French nationals. So it's, you know, it's, it's confusing. But, I mean, it's a scary, the world is scary, and we're all going to die. It's just a matter of when and how. So I just get up and go and eat good food. It's pretty much what I try to do. That's been my plan. Well, well this is a good start. Is this kraut on this burger? This no. is amazing. Or is it grilled onions? I, it may be grilled onions. Because grilled onions is kind of a thing here. Yeah, it could be grilled onions. Uh, it's like, grilled onions. I like Jim's original onions. because if you want, you can order a slice of cheese. Mm-hmm. That is on the menu. Just slice a, of American cheese. Just slice. Mm-hmm. By yourself. All right, I'm going to bust open the Polish as we talk. This isn't about being healthy, people. Oh, my God. I, we had at my office this week, we had a dietitian come in, like a registered dietitian. They exist in Chicago? <laughs> they do. They've been pushed underground. It's going to be like, the, like worst, the Morlocks. The worst place in the world for a dietitian to live. <laughs> oh, my God, you're all killing yourselves! <laughs> yes, we are. So, you know, we're learning how to snack responsibly. We're using words like quinoa and kale. Was that, was that a, a gag reflex I just oh. saw? Oh, oh. <laughs> I'm sorry. Forgive me. Here's the thing. I had a, a quinoa um, burrito last night. So my wife is uh, super healthy. I wouldn't call her a dietitian yet, but she knows what's in everything. She knows what you're not supposed to eat. Don't. There's dextrose in that salt. You can't order that salt because that salt actually has sugar in it and it's bad for you. Oh um, man. That's so. That's my wife. And uh, every time I leave the house, and I hope you're listening to this, sweetheart. <laughs> every time I leave the house, I try to eat something that could kill me. I try my best. I don't just 
inject fat directly into my veins because I'm going to die again one at some point. I'm going to enjoy it. I mean, good food between now and then. And a boy. You know, and uh, drink a few beer. Z- z- Plural. I'll take a few shots. I might even have some Malort later. Who knows? <laughs> Damn right. The world is your oyster. Yeah. In fact, have some oysters. When we talk about it, go out with a bang. I want you to appreciate this. My, oh, I don't want you to appreciate the way I've eaten this, but look how gigantic this Polish is. Look at the girth on this thing. A big girthy sausage. Yeah, thing. but I mean, for five bucks, mm. and thank you. I waited months for you to say that to me. <laughs> for five bucks, I get this gigantic Maxwell Street Polish with the mustard, is, the grilled onions, and, and fries. This is total deal. It's right off... Uh, South Union. It's right off of Roosevelt. Yeah, so if you're on the way to the cell, this is like a go-to perfect before spot. a Sox game. And really, I mean, it's just west of the loop. Just a little it's, it's right there. Mm-hmm. It's right there. We get, pop off the highway, pop over here. Or just going up Roosevelt, it's right by USC. And oh my God, I went to... And all the, frags are, all the fries are bag fries. Every fry is a bag fry, basically, because uh-huh. it's just thrown in a bag. It's beautiful. I went to Home Depot over off Roosevelt before coming to see you. That whole area over there, it is unrecognizable mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. from five years ago. From three years ago? Yeah, for real. I got here three years ago, and that area was, I guess they were starting. Well, they, had, they had a way to go. They had a long way to mm-hmm. go. Now it's beautiful over there. Mm-hmm. Mm. I will be talking more, but mm, it's pretty much mm. Yeah, you Can't almost take... made your burger disappear. Mm. This yeah. Polish is not a quick No, not no, a quick no. eat. No, that's a, you're going to be there for a minute. Your, your, beard, your beard's looking ferocious, by the way. I do a pretty good job of maintaining it. Wintertime is the toughest time. It's the wind very, and the cold. It's very season appropriate, I think. It is. It's per- now it looks like I'm supposed to have this thing. Now yeah. no one goes, are you Are you going to blow up my plane? No, I'm <laughs> trying to keep my face warm, but thank you. Speaking of which, I'm sitting here waiting for you. And I, I don't mean to say like I was waiting for it. I, I, I come early to get set up. Mm-hmm. I've got my car doors open. I'm unspooling these long cables. Oh, I've got this box of electronics. Yeah. I've got these clamps that are not not familiar things if you just see them out of the corner of your eye. Yeah. I, I did get a couple looks over here. As well you should. Fair I enough. I just want to remind people that the, the 9-11 hijackers were all clean-shaven. Like and, me. Like you. Mm-hmm. So who's the real threat here, buddy? Well, it's, it's clearly me. <laughs> clearly you. The guy with... The guy with all the unnecessary cables and <laughs> weird doohickeys hanging off of his doorknob. Oh, this is oh this disaster has struck, Monk. I I've got grilled onions all oh, over. That's a wrap. It's over now. I'm amazed that I didn't get any of this in my beard. I am too. No idea how I did that. Congratulations to me. You have a very artful way. Yeah. Of, of eating fast food. You have to tuck your beard out. Uh, so how's everything going with uh, Blipsters on Broadway? It's pretty good. We um you know it's a every Sunday thing, so you bu- you build that. But it's expanding now. Um, we have a show in Hyde Park once a month at the Promontory. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next one will be December 2nd. The first one was amazing. 150 people came out. Uh, it was drinks. It was live music. It was comedy. There was poetry. There was It was just an amazing time. And then afterwards, because uh, a bunch of comics like nationally known you know, television, NBC sitcom stars dropped in. Really? And uh, one of them did a set. Chicago's own uh, Rel Howery did a set. And afterwards, there was a freestyle rap battle comprised of all of the comedians. Just so, just uh, 
spontaneously combusted over by the bar. So you had like 15 comedians doing comedic rap. It sounds amazing. It was. It and was I would have amazing. commented sooner, but... I don't, they're all full of Polish. There was, there was no, <laughs> no room left in my mouth. <laughs> For even air. No. That was... I would have commented, but I couldn't breathe, so... Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I do have sausage really at the base of my throat right, right now. <laughs> I'm at that point where when you drink something, you grab a swig of soda. It's going to make you sick. It just puddles yeah, at the top of your... It's going to sit there. Yeah. It's not going anywhere. You just hope it trickles down at some point. You know... <laughs> you hope that the scrubbing bubbles and the soda will find their way down your esophagus. <laughs> what's, the, what's the name of the scrubbing bubbles... Uh, Oh, God, I don't know. Soap that you use to clean your tub that they say if you just spray it on, it pretty much doesn't work, which is a lie, by the way. I tried that when I was a kid. My mom almost killed me. <laughs> I said, clean the tub. I said, Mom, I put the scrubbing bubbles in, and they're supposed to do the work for me. Like, well, that's not true. It's only on a commercial. What were you like as a kid? I was a, I was a you know, mischievous. I, I was going to say, I picture you as a curious. I was bored. Kid. I was bored a lot in school. Um I had read, you know, they tell you not to read ahead in the textbook, which was impossible for me because uh, I had a family full of educators around me. Said a uh, English lead, a high school English lead that I would stay with for a couple of weeks in the summer and she would give me a crap ton of books and then she would, you know, test me on the subject and predicate and what is the purpose of this and the symbolism. And I'm eight. <laughs> so, you know, you go into your fourth grade class and they're, they're trying to teach you articles of speech and you're going, this is really boring and so you have to find something to entertain you and that usually meant uh, making fun of something that you shouldn't make fun of like the teacher um, but yeah so that was the kind of kid I was I, most stuff I could do that if it took the average kid an hour to do it I could do it in 15 minutes and that left me with 45 minutes to irritate people and I did that and I still do that I have two to kids to this day <laughs> I have two kids one's 13 one's 9 the nine-year-old is just at that point with her math homework where I can no longer help her. <laughs> I was pretty good up until up until about this year. Mm-hmm. She brings home these daily math assignments, and the final question of these worksheets is stretch your thinking, which teaches the children to think and think about things and look at problems in abstract ways right. to get. Nope, I, it's da- daddy fails on that one. It's harder to stretch your thinking at our age though than. At nine, at there's nine, there's no elasticity. Right at nine, there's no. You don't have the limits yet. The limits are your imagination, and no one has told you that your imagination is stupid. Uh-huh. At our age, when I say, you know, can you imagine if spaceships, if we could find some type of propulsion that didn't require it to be renewed, it was just like a, a, a perpetual. For, and people are going, if you don't shut up and put some gas in the freaking car. But if a nine-year-old does that, you go, maybe one day you'll create that. Uh-huh. And so, yeah, they, they can stretch. And I encourage it. Stretch. My, my daughter's 11 uh, Thursday. I know that because she was born the day of the malice in the palace with Ron Artest. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so she was born Thursday the 19th. And I'm just looking at this kid. We're, we're having a conversation, and I don't recognize my little girl anymore. She's way more articulate than I ever was at that age. Um her reasoning skills way better and her control over her emotions at 11 way better than mine was so i have no well idea done. yeah to her mom i'm a jerk I, I mean not a jerk but i encourage her to be funny her mom encourages her to be responsible so sense of humor <laughs> i think you'd probably agree sense of humor is kind of a survival skill absolutely my, my sense of humor came from nerves 
Whenever sure. I was nervous, I would fire off jokes to try to get back into at least feel like I was in control of the situation. Because making someone laugh is the the ultimate form of mind control. Laughter is just a, a nervous reaction to something, or, or, or you know, it's a reflex. Anytime you hear someone laugh, it's a reflex to something they weren't expecting. So if I can make you do that, I control your reflexes. Were you one of those guys? And I think I, I was, and to some extent still am. I tend to nervously, not, well, maybe nervously, fill space. Mm-hmm. When, there, when there's dead air in a conversation, to use mm-hmm. a broadcast term, I tend to try and fill it up. I, I hate that that awkward silence. I'm only, I can only be silent in two situations. One, um, if I'm working really hard, you can do anything you want to around me. I'm, you're, I'm tuning you out, and I can, per- I can work perfectly fine there. And my wife and I can sit side by side on the couch and not say a word. Those are the only two times. But those are two places where I'm extremely comfortable. Right. Even on stage, I can be quiet. There's a, you know, comics like to, I have to keep the laughter going. I don't feel that pressure to keep the laughter going. Sometimes I'll stop so I can set up the next thing. Well, that gives you more control on stage, gives you more control. Right. So, but in a conversation, just in a person-to-person conversation with no audience, I absolutely get really weirded out by, well, why did everyone stop talking? I think job interviewers have that figured out. So they stop talking uh-huh. to see how you react? Uh-huh. Oh, I, I want to punch him in the throat for that. <laughs> how about it? Don't play mind games with me. Speaking of job interviewers, this is something I, I realized over the past several years. I think everyone working in human resources, every recruiter, is fresh out of college. Every single one. It's not me, right? No. They're, they're all like 23 years old, and they're interviewing people twice their age with twice the life experience. Mm-hmm. I find that... Obviously, it works for corporate America. There's something to it, but well, it keeps the cost down in HR. For sure, you you, you pay these because you can't afford to pay the HR kids. And I think there's a, a part of that where the kids in HR are not—they don't have sticker shock when they see someone else's paycheck. If you're 45, 50 years old, and you start seeing other people. They get how much? This is garbage. I keep this place running. When you're 23, you don't That's know. That's interesting. That. That's a good perspective. Yeah, I mean, my general feeling is. If you are looking forward to getting drunk in Wrigleyville on a Friday night, you shouldn't be doing HR. Well, that means you're 23. Yeah. Yeah. Or, 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 or an idiot. You <laughs> could be a 40-year-old who's looking forward to getting drunk in Wrigleyville on Friday night. and that could Recapturing be his, uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you can't. Here's the uh, news for people who are out there trying to recapture their youth. It's gone. Yeah. Hope, hope it was great. It's gone. Maybe drag out the yearbook every now and then. Does not come back. Nope. It's like uh it's like trying to reheat fries. There's really no way to reheat French fries where they taste as good as they did before. You just got gummy fries. You're going to hurt yourself. You're going to hurt yourself. You're going to be sick. Fries and coffee occupy the same category. Right. I would rather drink cold coffee. I would rather drop ice cubes in coffee that's already room temperature and just make it iced coffee. Don't try to rewarm it. Agreed. So, and with Starbucks, you have, there's like a 45-second window to enjoy that coffee. <laughs> Because it comes out scalding hot. Like, you mm-hmm. can't even touch the cup. That's right. why they have those protective rings. Right. Then it cools down enough for you to drink it. And, and that's you it. Got, that's your window. That's it. You better you suck that down. A minute and a half. And Because once that goes lukewarm, you're gagging. Oh. Well, because you realize you're just bro- drinking syrup. Uh-huh. It's just, uh, it's, uh. You know who has a good coffee? Whole Foods. Whole Foods has, has a good coffee, and it's uh, relative to Starbucks and expensive. And they have some really good teas that they make right in front of you. So you see them take, like, raw mint 
mm-hmm. and then uh, run the hot water through it, press it, make the tea right in front of you. It's really good. See, I resisted Mariano's for a long time, but I, I've, I've come on board. Because, I was going to say, you got to come around eventually. <laughs> no, I, I'm right there because the, that fresh squeezed orange juice is about the best thing in the world. It is amazing. It's amazing. Pete's also does that. Pete's has like a, and they they bottle it. Pete's has like this whole uh, mango and strawberry and red grapefruit where they do it right in front of you and then they put a top on it and give it mm-hmm. to you. It's like a big thing of Tropicana, but you saw them do it in front of you and you're like, oh, I know there are no added ingredients here. And it's really easy to spend a lot of money at Mariano's. Huh. The secret, I've forced myself to keep to a list and I've forced myself to keep to Roundy's products as much as possible because mm-hmm. they're super cheap. They are super cheap and they're good. They're yeah, or- like you can get a, and, mm-hmm. a pint of ice cream for a buck and a quarter, whereas Ben and Jerry's will be three bucks. So you know how I've, I've controlled my uh, grocery shopping habit? Instacart. Mm. I pay a hundred bucks a year for the delivery. I never get more than I'm supposed to get on the list. And if I want to get like uh, organic food, which only lasts two, three days, so you got it. I can shop three times a week without leaving the house. If my wife needs something from the store, I'll pick up a sixer, get her something from the store. You know, get some food for the weekend. I can order that Friday at 12 o'clock. It'll be at the house when I get home. Now, to be fair, you're always busy. I am extremely busy. Yeah. Like wow. you, you don't, I, don't, I don't see you making time to go grocery shopping. I'm not going to do it. You know, people say, well, your wife could. You know what I, re- I figured out? Things that I wouldn't do, I won't ask her to do. You know, people always say, well, you know, it's the yin and the yang. She should want to do the things that you know. That's not normal. Like, people aren't always your exact opposite. So It would if, just be weird. Yeah. If I don't want to go grocery shopping, my assumption is... People probably don't enjoy this. And I ask her, do you like going grocery shopping? I hate it. Okay, well, let's not go grocery shopping. And that's why Mariano serves liquor. And that's why Mariano <laughs> serves liquor. That, they will keep you there. I learned that. They will keep you there. That's uh, why they have drink holders in the carts. Isn't that amazing? How brilliant was... That's a very Midwest thing, though. In, in the Midwest... I could, see, I could see that in California. Probably in Cali. Cali's a little laid back. But here's the thing I've, I've noticed about living in the Midwest versus the East Coast. The East Coast assumes the worst of people. It assumes <laughs> that if you let us drink in stores, it will eventually turn into some type of, you know, like, warriors, come out and play. And we're banging, like, expensive wine bottles together and running carts in each other. And, and you're avoiding the Lizzie's and the baseball furies. Right, and, it's getting crazy. Uh-huh. In Chicago, they're like, you know what? You know what will make this better? Have a beer. That would make this better. You are, you are correct. Hey, you know what makes walking around on a pier out on the water really fun? A beer. You are correct, yeah, sir. You can get 16 ounces, three and a half bucks. Three and a half bucks. Did you see that? Did you hear the Chicago come out right there? Three and a half bucks. It's a great deal. Come on. Uh, <laughs> that's a, a very Chicago thing. They're, like, you can have a beer with Chicago. And yeah. It's like, hey, we're getting on the off ramp. Looks like there's some traffic. Ah, don't worry about it. Have a beer. See, that's the thing. The, the craft beer uh, wave and enthusiasm mm. never felt Chicago to me. Right. That, that kind of indie rock Right way to, to approach beer drinking that seemed antithetical to what Chicago has always been. Chicago is a, is a to, to me it feels like a very uh, traditional but large city where it seems like other large cities like uh, again L.A. New York these are like super progressive. We got to try all of the weird stuff. Let's paint our hair pink and purple and wear shoulder pads with studs in them. And Chicago was like, look, it's a lot of people here, but we're all cool wearing an overcoat and drinking a regular beer. We don't have to do that. Give me a ham, a Polish, a, <laughs> you know, like the, the most 
exciting thing that Chicagoans had done. They were like, you know what? Let's put uh, peppers on our hot dog. Let's do that. Let's, uh, let's just put everything on our hot dogs. Let's, there it is. That's a Chicago dog. Everything's on it. Let's make it so the whole damn thing falls apart the second the you lift it up. The second you lift it up, there's shrimp falling off. I don't even know why there's <laughs> shrimp. But you, you dig deep, there's like an anchor, an old shoe. Right. Yeah. And that's like not that's not a negative thing. Like when you when, when I say that, I'm not saying, oh, Chicago's boring. I'm saying Chicago has a set of standards they stick to. They're comfortable with it. We're not going to do anything weird. Women aren't asked to lose weight so that their ankles are exposed. Like it's, you know, this is a city, a comfortable city. Yeah. I think is the word I'm looking for. Like I don't feel... Pressured to have a six pack in this city. No, it's going to have Not unless it's old style, my friend. Yeah, six pack. You want a six pack? It's an actual beer. Right? Not that, not none of that, none of that Nancy Boy ab thing. It's a beer. Nancy Boy. I think you just showed your age. I think you're Nancy Boy. No one under the age of 25 is calling someone else a Nancy Boy. Hey, Nancy Boy, come here. What's that? It's a Nancy Reagan Extra, extra. Read all about it. Jeff Bob Pearl Harbor. Oh, that is awesome. <laughs> All right, oh. so uh, Touch Vision is yeah. where we can see you. Every day. Which is fantastic. There's never enough Thelonious Monk, but there Bruce. you are every day. Never enough. And even with me being there every day, you still are underserved the traditional <laughs> amount of Thelonious Monk servings per day. I think the, the USDA suggests way more than whatever they're giving you on Touch Vision. Well, I think your commentary <laughs> is fabulous. And you're a stand-up. You've got Blipsters oh. on Broadway. That yeah. is Sunday night's. Sunday nights at the Laugh Factory, 7 o'clock. Uh, Saturday nights now at the Revival, we have a show called The Green Room. Every Saturday night, it's a new club called The Revival on the corner of Woodlawn and 55th. It is apparently, as the legend goes, where improv started in Chicago. It is the birthplace of improv. This is all new to me. This is all new. It's it just opened up. Just opened up maybe in the last week. That's fantastic. Yeah, so we are going to be the first... Uh, stand-up comedy show there, and we're going to have a weekly show there every Saturday night at 10.30. It's going to be a late show, so you can get super wasted, and uh, I'll be funny. Well, that, Probably. I, I realize I was in the process of cutting I'm you impressed. loose here, but you just brought up a question in my head. How do you keep things fresh, content-wise? I mean, I, you've got your commentary that you do for, for the yeah. television. That's harder. For the amount of gigs that you're doing. Yeah. How do, you, how do you keep fresh? I mean, I'm sure keeping fresh is one thing, but making it entertaining and funny is the other. The, the, the Keeping it fresh is the harder part for me. Being entertaining and funny. Look, Don Rickles has been telling the same jokes for 70 years. They're still funny because he's, his, his character, his personality is so big that he can tell you the same joke about his wife or not having a wife. And you're going to laugh because he's just that big of a personality. But keeping it fresh for yourself is the tougher part. You know, there, there's only so many times you can talk about... Uh, politicians being hypocrites or uh, Americans being open to, you know, being honest about this or that. Or How many times could you talk about a child abuse, gun laws? At some point you just go, dude, I don't really care enough anymore. Yeah, no gas left in the tank for that. No gas. Yeah. So what you, you, you challenge yourself, um, you challenge yourself by constantly learning things and every time you learn something new that puts a different twist on this old idea that you had so maybe there was an argument that I made about gun laws three years ago that will be a completely different argument now because I've done more research or I've learned this other thing or maybe my daughter's older now or something happened in my life that changed my perception of that thing and you know I'm not that dogmatic you know when you're 20 years old everything that you believe is the only thing that's right at our age I'm probably going to be wrong again before we finish this conversation. And I may only say one more sentence. (laughs) 
You can talk me out of something I thought was a sure thing <laughs> in five minutes or less. Nah, I'm okay with it now. Yeah. It's like, hey, you know what? That's not good. Yeah, you know what? Maybe it isn't. Maybe hey, it's disgusting. You've got a point. You've I mean, got a point. I, who am I to argue? Who am I to argue? I enjoyed it. Perhaps you don't. It's cool. I get it. Yeah. I'll take an A&W root beer. That's not even the best root beer. Yeah, You're right. I, I should have asked for an IBC. Because we don't or care. Or dads. You know, yeah. we, don't, we don't care anyway. It's, it's, eh, eh. Now, my 11-year-old will argue till the end of time about whether Coke or Pepsi is the best. Because she's 11. These things are important to her. They shape her life. Me? Eh. I'll be dead in 15, 20 more minutes if I play my cards right. Uh, I got into the Coke so and Coke, Coke Zero debate recently. I'm sorry. Got about five minutes in. I thought, what am I doing? But That's it. That's it. It's not so much that they change our minds at this age. It's that we realize it doesn't matter. No. I'm out. That's it. it. Oh, oh, so you give up? Yes. Ah, yeah. You didn't have another argument. No. Nope. All good. Carry on. <laughs> I, I won. What exactly did you win? Did you get a free case of whatever Coke that you prefer? Like, I don't... No one cares. Winning no one. an argument is... I don't know. It's like... It's mental masturbation. Like, uh, you know... Do you ever really win? <laughs> That's funny. I don't know, Charlie Brown. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, so this was weird, hanging out in the car and yeah. doing a radio show, right? No, I like it. <laughs> I gotta start doing this from now on. You know what would make the degree of difficulty higher? Driving. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It's been noted because I do have a microphone clamped to my steering wheel, oh. which means if I were to drive, this is how I would drive. The microphone would constantly move away from my face. Which, this, this I think is, that adds uh, ambiance. This is police bait if I were driving like this. Yeah. You, I guess in theory you could, no. I could clamp it over. I could clamp, clamp it somewhere. It. Oh, you could, no. I, I was going to say you don't have one of these on your side. No, I could do the visor, though. Yeah, you could probably do the visor. Yeah. I think that just makes it, the degree of difficulty is there because now you can't talk. All that, like you're like in the middle of a sentence. You're like, oh, what is this guy doing? So yeah, and the, the, the sausages are making. Oh my God, is this guy? Who? Where'd you get your license, Menfords? And I don't even think Menfords is a thing. Yeah, it would it'd be hard to keep focus, and of course, the eating just layers on the complexity. Mm, we got we got a thing, and you got a steering wheel, and you're trying to have a. Yeah, that sounds like fun. No way. All right, Felonius I'm Monk. Uh, do you have a, a place, a home where people can study you and admire you? Uh, Monk Comedy, M U N K Comedy. Dot com, uh, or just you know, if you see a guy walking around Chicago with his beard out, that's me. Or if, even if it's a white guy, it's probably still oh me. Oh yeah. So walk around Logan Square. Everyone there is Florida. Everyone there is. <laughs> yes. <laughs> everyone in Logan Square is me. Uh, everyone in Wicker Park is definitely me. Even the <laughs> even the ladies. Uh, and I think in Pilsen. Yeah, yeah. It's happening now. It's creeping toward my neighborhood. Um, so, you know, we're holding out. I'm moving in first. I actually gentrified a Mexican neighborhood, so I'm doing my part. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It is Carcon Carne. Uh, thank you to Felonius Monk, CarconCarne.com, at CarconCarne on the Twitter. And uh, thank you for listening. <laughs>